everyone to another episode of Steeping Together, the podcast where we explore the vast world of tea over a cup of tea with tea enthusiasts. I'm your tea-obsessed host, Marika, and I am really excited to be with you all here today. So we work really hard at David's Tea to create teas that we think everyone will love. We try to develop a variety of flavors that will inspire and transport and delight customers from all walks of life. It generally takes years of development before we let a tea out of the lab, and for the most part, over the last decade, we've been able to release some truly memorable and delicious teas. Sometimes, well, it's just not everyone's cup of tea, right? Look, our teas are carefully vetted by a team of dedicated tea nerds, specially selected for their benefits, decadence, and pleasure. But hey, we're not perfect. Every tea that gets released is kind of like our child. We love them, and sometimes they find an audience and thrive. Sometimes they're like that kid at the playground that, well, like just keeps eating sand. But we love them all equally. And to help me explore why a tea sometimes misses the mark is Sinea El-Sayad. Sinea... Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. Would you care to introduce yourself the way you'd like to be introduced? <laughs> sure. Uh, so I've been with Davis Tea for 11 years now. Okay. I started off in the stores and I uh, moved on over to the head office and now I'm the director of tea. So I built all of these amazing assortments and get to taste all of these great teas and bring them to light. Director of Tea, that is a heavy title. That's a heavy crown you wear. That you wear well, Sanea, if I do say so. (laughs) But, like, what does that mean? You say you build the assortment. Like, what does that mean? It means we look at a season. We decide based on trending flavors or whatever seems appropriate for that time of year, climate, whatever it may be, um, and kind of build based on flavor profiles, tea types, uh, returning favorites, anything that we think that the consumer really love, honestly. so Okay, so what you're telling me is that there's a reason you don't launch pumpkin chai, for example, in February. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Definitely. it makes sense when I say it out loud, but it actually takes a lot of work to, to think of, okay, so we have this tea, we love this tea, but when are people actually going to enjoy drinking this tea? Is this more of a spring tea? Is mm-hmm. it more of a floral tea? Is it more of an iced tea? I think that's probably the easiest, right? If it's yeah. an iced tea, we're launching it in summer. It's yeah. kind of a no-brainer. And then the rest of the time, you know, what ingredients are out there? What ingredients are interesting people? What are the benefits? What are the flavors? It seems yeah. like it's a lot. It's a big puzzle to manage. Oh, it's, it's a, definitely a puzzle. That interesting puzzle, but... Yeah, for sure. There's a reason why other marketers don't carry pumpkin products all year round. There's an urgency in kind of this novelty and feeling that comes from launching a specific flavor profile later on in the year than having it year round. There's a reason why we don't have candy cane products all year round. There's just this feeling that's associated with those. And it kind of tinkers off if you have certain things available all the time. So like iced tea, yes, there are some people that drink iced tea all year round. And we have that in our collection if you do. But to have an entire line that's coming out in the fall that is iced tea focused just wouldn't really resonate with everyone the same way. 
Yeah, I think when I started here, that was one of the concepts you had to like sit down and hold my little hands and explain to me. <laughs> you were like, Marika, I know you could drink candy cane all year round, but not everybody's going to want to do that. Yeah. And that also allows for uh, not only seasonality and, you know, launching it at the right time, launching it at the time that people are most interested in, but we forget that a lot of the ingredients that go into these teas are not available year round. Right. So you can't you know, produce, and I'm, I'm picking something out of a hat here, you know, you can't just get papaya all year round, you know, there's a seasonality to these products. And we kind of launch it in, you know, with respect to when Mother Nature herself will produce it. And so it goes in tandem with like, yes, people are more in the mood for that tea, but also, hey, the ingredient isn't available at that time of year. So maybe we just don't have it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love your job. I love... I love uh, my job. You do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think it's a fascinating, like I've said before, a fascinating puzzle to put together. And you have a, I call it the Sinea sense. You have a Sinea <laughs> sense for when a tea is going to resonate with people. You mm. know a tea that is a crowd pleaser. And when we do tastings in the lab, we're supposed to be quiet. You know, we're all slurping away, but we're supposed to be quiet so as not to influence other tasters so that everyone has the opportunity to kind of taste it in a in a void in a kind of private space where they can judge a tea appropriately yes and you have like the ultimate poker face like you <laughs> will never betray but when it comes time to speak you are just absolutely sure about what you like about this tea and it doesn't have anything to do with your personal taste I think you've really deve developed a Sinea sense that allows you to Pick teas that are crowd pleasers. That'll get the party started, shall we say. Yeah, I, I try my best to not bring my personal bias in. And I try and mitigate those comments when they're being shared in, mm -hmm. in the, the tea tasting room, which is completely normal and fair. Um, but I think my experience working in stores kind of trained my palate to understand what the customer would like. Mm -hmm. So if I taste a tea, I don't necessarily love drinking mango teas right for example but if i taste a mango that's a little bit more juicy versus a mango that's more floral uh i'll, I'll know that the, the customer will be drawn more to the our customer at least mm -hmm. will be drawn to the juicier mango flavor profile right and i can share that and and kind of give that feedback to our r d team so i think that's really important during the during the tasting to just understand what has worked in the past maybe go through those teas taste those first and then come to it with that kind of mindset yeah, no, you're a real professional taster. You have a bank of knowledge of, you know, what has worked and what you think will work. Um, and I think you have the ability, as you said, to remain as objective as possible and find teas that will reach a large group of people. Because with the amount of work we're putting into these teas and the amount of love and passion, I mean, a lot of it is just love and passion for it. You want them to succeed. Like I said at the top of the episode, these are our kids. You know, we worked <laughs> really, really hard to get them to develop the flavors that they do and to find, you know, a home. And uh, it's hard. It's a hard job. <laughs> it's hard. And I also think that we have to be strategic with the timing of certain things. So our research and development team is so great. They're so advanced. They see that certain flavors are trending, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're trending in the commercial landscape just right. yet. So they might bring us a tea that has chili threads in it mm -hmm. and might be just this like spicy experience um, that isn't 
necessarily accepted mainstream just yet. And although that will probably come, I don't think we could launch a tea like that just just yet. I think that it would it would be um, detrimental to the trend, and then we'll we'll be hesitant about trying it again later on. So it's just we have to. It's definitely a puzzle. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I think you know detrimental to the trend is important because we're not the only people behind this tea. There are growers, there are different suppliers around the world, like Chili Threads, for Mm -hmm. example. You know, you want to be able to launch a product so that everyone can benefit from it, from Mm -hmm. the customer all the way down to the person who's picking the product. And so. In order to give the that tea or that particular ingredient, you know, it's proper time to shine. The timing needs to be really, really precise. Definitely. For sure. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't always do that right. Yeah. <laughs> They're not all slam dunks. They're not all slam dunks. But I, I love looking at things that aren't slam dunks because Look, every single tea that leaves our lab has a seal of approval. And it's a seal of approval about, I'd say, what, 30 people? Like, we're looking at... Yes, for sure. It's the director of tea. It's the people in the R&D team. It's the... um, the content team. team, it's the merch team, you know, it's it's all of these different perspectives and opinions and taste buds and level of expertise coming into it. So when a tea doesn't really resonate with a large group of people, I'm always really fascinated by mm-hmm. it, especially when it's a tea I love. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard to grapple with. I understand completely. <laughs> <laughs> so today I wanted to look at four teas that you deemed to be the most underrated of 2021. So just to give everyone a perspective, how many teas do we launch a year oh about? My I mean, we have so about 150 many. permanently, right? Rotating yes. in and out. Yes, exactly. We have about, I think, 70, 80 or 90 teas that are permanent that are just always there. You know, we always have Forever Nuts. We always have Cold 911. But we have, you know, highly seasonal teas that come in and out. So how many do we have? I'd say it's over 100 seasonal teas that we launch a year. Yeah, we're really enthusiastic about yes. the things that we love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when we get excited yeah. about a tea, we want to share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. So out of those 150, um, I'd say we've had a pretty good year. I mean, the ratings on the website have been getting better and better. People really seem to be resonating with a lot of the collections. But here we have four teas that we're going to just sit and... And we're going to talk it out, Sunea. It's going to be tea talk therapy as far Perfect. as... <laughs> I'd love to talk them over. Mm. Um, so globally, though, why do you think a tea doesn't become a crowd pleaser? Just like generally. It's tough because it takes a lot of effort for a tea to perform. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where the, the question is when we all hold hands and we promote a specific tea, why doesn't it? I, I think there's, I think there are different ways to look at it. So when we all hold hands and promote, promote a tea that still doesn't resonate, I think that's one issue. Right. The other issue is, do we have too many teas in our assortment already that people don't really care, quite frankly, that we introduce another peach tea right. or whatever it may be? Because just peachy is so perfect already. <laughs> David's tea, why are you throwing more peaches exactly. into my court? Like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> So I think in this landscape now where we're primarily online, you introduce another complexity of now we have to sell a sensory product to a consumer that is looking at a screen. Right. Which is a whole new problem that we're facing. Um, we 
we used our stores as a, a sensory experience, a tasting experience. You could sample, you could buy small quantities to bring home, and you could go to the store the next day if you loved it at that night and 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 buy some uh, to have throughout the week. But now you you need you really need to sell the consumer on a a picture, a description, mm-hmm. a name, something that that we were doing before because we did have a website, but now on this primarily in this primarily online landscape it's 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 an added challenge yeah so and in a previous episode we discussed with kelly miller you know how to choose a tea online and there's just so much information like you said there's the name there's the origin there's the ingredients there's the description but how do you know what you're really getting yourself into yeah well let's look at these four teas that i firmly believe people should have gotten themselves into Good. For many, many, many different reasons. Okay, so we're going to start, because I'm the host, I get to decide. You choose. I get to decide, of these four teas that you've brought in, Bumbleberry Burst. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Bumbleberry Burst. All right. So Bumbleberry Burst is on the base of a pour, and it has a bunch of different berries in there. It also has Garcinia Cambogia, which is a... Very long word. Very long word. <laughs> And it's great for uh, digestion. Um, so is the, the tea base. So what we were trying to do with this guy is we were trying to lean on the success of fruity teas mm-hmm. while not mentioning necessarily the benefit, mm-hmm. but hoping that that would come through in the secondary marketing of it. So it was just really banking on a fun name mm-hmm. that... To be honest, do you know what a bumbleberry is? No, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so I love this tea. Yeah. I, I genuinely love this tea. What really hooked me on this tea is it's a fruity puar. And because puar is usually very earthy and, and mm-hmm. dark, for lack of a better term, it's nice to have a bright fruitiness associated with it that doesn't clash with the tea, doesn't hide the tea. You know, the puar and the fruitiness work hand in hand. And then, and then you can make it hot or iced and it's equally pleasurable and I find it very rare to find a tea that will I will be completely satisfied with on every level be it hot or cold but I do not know for the life of me what a bumbleberry is right so a bumbleberry is a medley of berries oh well you could have just said that (laughs) (laughs) why why didn't you just say that which is where that's because there are yes (laughs) That's fair. I mean, in hindsight, it's yes. easy to say, well, why exactly. did you just in do that? In hindsight, we could have named this a lot of different things. But I do I do think that the name, um, those ambiguous, what is this exactly names with ambiguous kind of like burst or splash or boost, those words um, can sometimes just fly by and people don't really pay attention. Whereas if it was something like, um, I don't even have an example <laughs> for you. Um Maybe if we had called out a specific berry in the tea that is a little bit more relatable, people would have resonated with it more. Or berry medley, something like that. Agreed. I mean, you just gave a really wonderful explanation about, you know, the burst or the zest or, you know, what what adjective or word are you going to use to, like, amplify the ingredient to give people the feeling of the tea? Right. 
Um, I'm I'm still stuck on the fact, and you can laugh if you want, but when I first saw the name, I thought, is this a berry that bumblebees like? Oh. I was like bumble, like bumbleberry. Like so bee, many things bee. that we don't think of. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's the name here? You think the name is what didn't work I think for the people? Am- the ambiguous name, I think that the T-type can sometimes be a hurdle mm-hmm. for people. It's not a black tea. It's not a green tea. It's not as easy to understand right. as others. And I think that, honestly, people might be finding this flavor profile elsewhere in the assortment. I don't think they are. I disagree. <laughs> but that's because I love the fact that we went there with a the puar base. Right. Because a lot of our puar teas have chocolate, um, have... You know, marshmallows. They're more sweet and indulgent. The more sweet and indulgent. And I just really like to have a summer pour. Honestly, I just really like to have a summer pour. Okay. I'm going to let go of the fact that Bumbleberry Burst wasn't the bursting hit I wanted it to be. (laughs) And we're going to talk about confetti cupcake. Okay. So what we didn't put in this tea (laughs) is what we forgot to put in this tea. This is a... Birthday cake extravaganza. It has everything. It does. It's so pretty to look at. It's got the white chocolate. It's got the sprinkles. It's got nut pieces. It's just an absolute celebration. And it's all natural. Yes, it is. It's entirely natural. It is. This level of sprinkle and color and decadence and intensity... All natural. Sorry, I I keep repeating it because I'm stuck on the fact that you, as a team, you were able to pull this off. Right. Well, that was what we were trying to do. So we, the birthday cake flavor is a very popular one amongst all industries. So whether it be beverage, protein powders, whatever, whatever, whatever. People love birthday cake. People love the flavor of birthday cake. It's great cake. It's great cake. Um, As a team, our quest was to launch a natural birthday cake. So our tea, our birthday cake in the past had artificial flavoring and an extensive ingredient list, whereas we, our goal really was to introduce one that had a cleaner ingredient list, um, more natural ingredient and list, I, which is what we did. So I love that about us. I love that. Look, we had a good birthday cake. There was nothing wrong with the birthday cake we had. We were hitting all the marks with that tea. But we really want to try to move away from, you know, that artificial candy notion. Like at David's Tea, we take what we do seriously, but we still want to have fun while we're doing it. And that's what Confetti Cupcake, you know, was like going to embody. We were like, this is all natural, but it's also like this crazy flavor. Like, can you believe it? And maybe wasn't the greatest hit this year. Right, and it's cool. It does have like this white Ghirardelli chocolate in it. It's 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 a be- it's a beautiful blend. But I think another another thing here is that we wanted the customer who was drinking birthday cake in the Roybos category to understand that this was a natural replacement for it. So we put it in the Roybos category category, but didn't necessarily add enough Roybos to have it categorized in that specific. Girl, you category. lost me. I mean, I understand. I understand we didn't put enough Roybos mm. in, but I'm kind of okay with that. Am I being too forgiving? Am I being too generous? I think you're being nice to me because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it. Okay, so lesson learned. We're going to put more Roybos in the confetti cupcake. Is that yeah. the- I think so. And I think it just, when you look at it from afar 
and you're not familiar, you don't know that we're talking about tea, could you mistaking this as a sprinkle blend or something that you would top cupcakes with, maybe. I mean, that opens um, a whole Pandora's box of, like, what is tea? You know, is tea I just know. Camellia sinensis? I know. Is it something else that's added? I'm not going to debate that here. <laughs> but the thing is, is that the the flavor profile was really a white chocolate vanilla birthday cake. But that brings in the name as well. So people that resonate with that birthday cake flavor profile – does confetti cupcake necessarily mean that you're going to have this white cake flavor? Not necessarily. So it's just it's just things that in this new landscape that we have to keep in mind. It's just so many moving pieces. I don't know how you keep it all in your head. <laughs> how do you keep it all straight? Okay, so let's move away from confetti cupcake from, you know, it's kind of, as I said, so many moving pieces. And let's go to something a lot more direct. Pomegranate echinacea. Right. The tea is called pomegranate echinacea. There's not a lot of guesswork there. I don't I don't have to wonder what a bumble is, you mm-hmm. know. I don't, you know. And it's a great tea. It's an immune boosting tea. It's like an immunity boosting tea. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. I'll tell you what I love about me, this tea. Tell me, please. Please go ahead. When I am under the weather, I go to the tea section at home that I have, and when I look at like my wellness like feel better teas, it's like lemon, ginger, ginger, honey, ginger, lemon, lemon. It's just, it's never, and eucalyptus, you know, maybe. But they're very, very, um, they're flavors that I enjoy, but they're extremely direct and medicinal. There's no break in that. And what I loved about pomegranate echinacea this year when I took it is that when I was feeling under the weather, I finally had a fruity tea to give me a break from all of those really specific medicinal herbs. And I thought people are going to love this because when you're sick, you're drinking so much tea. Wouldn't it be nice to have a break with something fruity? And this got completely unnoticed. Like, I feel like this flew under the radar in a way that I was a little surprised by. I know. And I think that similar to a sleep tea, people are wary to try something new because they don't want to mess with their sleep. Um. So in this landscape of Everyone is trying to take care of them, take care of themselves, trying to boost their immune system. Uh, that was what 2020, 2021 were all about. There's a trust element, and I don't want to buy something that won't necessarily work. Work, right? Or they're being overloaded with similar messages and stories from different companies. Mm. So maybe this tea would have performed better in a in another collection at another time. Right. But when you introduce it in a at a time when every other company is talking about the same thing, we saw that we weren't as successful. Fair enough. I'm 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 sad about that one. But I'm gonna let it go so that we can move on to the one that truly broke my heart. The one that still hurts. The one that confuses and upsets me in the middle of the night. Coconut oolong. This one's tough. Oh, Sunea, there's nothing wrong with this tea. I'm sorry. There's This is perfection. And I have gifted this tea conservatively to about 20 people, and I'm not exaggerating. Every single time people, like, open the package or open the bag that I give them, they look at me with a kind of polite smile like, oh, thanks. You know, like, <laughs> oh, this should be good. And then two, invariably, like, two days later, I get a phone call like, oh, my God, this is the best tea I've had in years. So is it the name? Is it the fact that people don't understand it? I, I can't 
as soon as you taste this tea, you fall in love. It's just, it's a, it's a oxidized oolong rolled on its side with a coconut flavor that isn't fruity, that isn't cloying. It's very simple ingredients. It's got an amazing back note of like sticky rice to it. So it's extremely comforting. And I need everyone to try this tea. What happened, Sinea? (laughs) What happened? So if we were speaking to our current customers when Mm -hmm. this tea relaunched, um, what we had done with coconut oolong is when I was working in store, this was the exact blend that we had launched. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, ingredient accessibility, whatever it may be, we introduced lemongrass to the blend. And that mm. really changed the flavor profile. It and would. just Yeah, it was just wasn't as creamy. There was a citrusy note that you weren't really needing, mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't necessary. And then we introduced the original again this year. So... We tried to convey as much as possible that this was the original ingredient list and original flavor profile and and all of that. But I just again in when you don't have the stores the 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 bandwidth of the staff to to spread your message, mm-hmm. it gets to be a little bit more difficult when you're online, and it just didn't resonate. Okay. I I don't know. It's I, so it's one of my favorite teas of all time. I think it's <laughs> one of my favorite teas of all time. Like I drink it conservatively four to five times a week. It's an absolute go-to for me. Summer, spring, winter. Like we were talking seasonal seasonality earlier. This tea, it doesn't matter. Morning, noon, night, Sunday, Tuesday, studying for a test, like whatever. It doesn't matter. This tea is so, so good. And it's one of the um, issues that we have is even if you're in store or if you're selling a tea online, sometimes all you want to say about the tea is it's really good. You should try it. You know? Yeah. You want to convey so much about it. But at the end of the day, this is just an absolute delight. I know. And and this is one of those teas that if you ask anyone around the office, if you ask the tea team, we will all say that we love the tea. So this is one of those situations where it's – we just can't understand. When when people – when we don't see people buying it, it's just so hard to wrap our heads around and then we have to go back to okay well we did change the the formula maybe people don't trust us but i it's very hard i'm just, I'm just gonna gift i'm gonna keep gifting it to as many people as i go can for it. because everyone needs to try this tea and i know it sounds like a sales pitch but it's not it's just really <laughs> it's so good. really good and that's what we're drinking that's what we've been drinking this whole time because we know how good it is we know how comforting it is and it's just such a great um addition to any conversation yeah, it's, so, it's incredible. Uh, I think we should take a break. We should drink another mug of this and we'll be right back. Today's episode of Steeping Together is brought to you by Alpine Punch. Stuck inside with your amazing children? Baking cookies and watching a Charlie Brown Christmas for the ninth time starting to feel a little repetitive? Tired of debating with your spouse about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Well, with sweet apple, warming spices, and the perfect hint of almond, Alpine Punch is the perfect caffeine-free winter escape. Brandy optional, but under these circumstances, definitely recommend it. Because you can't abandon your family to fly to the Alps and meet up with that cute ski instructor you met back in 98. But you can drink Alpine Punch and dream for a moment. 
Welcome back. It's time to play What Are You Drinking? The quiz where we ask our guests three situational questions, some realistic, some completely out there, and they have to use all of their experience and expertise to tell us what they would drink in any one of these given situations. Sinea, are you ready to play What Are You Drinking? I'm so ready. Here we go. Sinea, you did it. You made the deadline. No one thought you would, least of all yourself. But you have. But see, it's like 11 a.m., so there's no champagne. So what are you drinking? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what am I drinking? I'm going to imagine I'm at the office. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I go to the kitchen. I go to the mate section. Ooh. Oat milk latte. Iced. Oat milk in the iced oat milk latte. Tea. There's a lot of layers to unpack here. Okay, so you're going to go to the mate. So as soon as you said mate, I was like, okay, buzz, celebration. Yeah. Why, uh, that maybe this deadline, you know, this this work that you had really took the energy out of you. So you wanted right. something energetic and good. Right. Iced because, hey, this is your party and you want it iced. And then you added oat milk to the oat milk latte tea, which I completely approve of on a personal level, but mm. how is that celebratory to you? To me, that's just like, indulgence, like a little snack. Oh, it's like almost lunchtime. Okay, we're getting our. I like how you took the buzz. details of the questions. I to was heart. listening. You're like, it's eleven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost lunchtime. It's snack time. It's snack time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's that would be my choice. That's I mean, I and was, that is a tea that. Also, it's gotten overlooked. Everyone should taste it. It is a really good tea, and it is really good with oat milk. I just, it's, like you said, it's very decadent. Okay, so you're going to treat yourself. I'm treating myself. (laughs) You're treating. Thank you. (laughs) It's my choice. It's your choice. It's your game. It's your question. I should not be questioning it as much. It's just, to me, like, oat milk latte is absolutely something that I drink, like, to get cozy. cozy moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm thinking, like... It's a Saturday morning. I'm walking in the Montreal streets. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying my day. Like, it's just a celebratory m- moment. Oh, man. I could practically hear, like, the the groove funk music. Yes. Jean Bu- jacket. Yes. <laughs> jean jacket. <laughs> Why does you wearing a jean jacket make that drink sound better? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the perfect pairing. Now I want to do an episode on pairing your clothes to your tea because that's the ultimate pairing. Okay, question two. Okay. You just moved into a new house and you haven't started unpacking anything yet, but you really want a cup of tea. Your fridge is completely empty. You don't have any sugar, honey, milk, but you just found the box with your kettle and tea in it. What are you drinking? I'm going Jasmine Black Pearls. Uh Fan, an office favorite. I was going to mm. say fan favorite, but it's an office favorite. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's because I did move recently and this was one of the teas that I had. And I could, I didn't, ha- I could not find my infuser. Right. So what I ended up doing was just putting three pearls into the cup that I had on hand and adding some hot water to it. And it just bloomed and the tea leaves stayed at the bottom of the cup. It was beautiful. The jasmine is nice and 
relaxing, but then you get the buzz to keep on going with the move because the black tea is just, it's it's one of my favorite teas. It's so beautiful. I always feel like I have done something so good for myself when I drink that tea. Like, I am a queen. Yes. And I, I deserve this tea. That's how I feel when I make the, the jasmine black pearls, honestly. I know. I feel, and it's so unique. I've never had anything like it before anywhere else. So it just feels... Like this special moment. I love it. It's so great. So that would be my answer. Jasmine Black Pearls. Yeah, especially you just answer. moved. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, accept it. I will, I will stop talking. All right. Um, question three. Sinead, you just won the lottery. What oh. are you drinking? Oh, goodness. Like you just won. Like you just realized you won the lottery. Does, what it, are you ha- do, does it have to be a tea? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a tea podcast. Okay, but let's make it a tea. Let's let's okay. You just won the lottery and you're at work. Oh, okay. You like you you check your ticket at, to work. Be at work. You happen to be at work. All right. Do you want me to lead you in with the same enthusiasm that I first did yes, the question, yes, Sinea? You're at work. You just won the lottery. <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> okay. Since I'm at work and I can't pop a bottle of champagne, I would make our equivalent of a sparkling beverage. Okay. I'm imagining there's. Sparkling water in the fridge. The, Sinead, they don't know that we don't have sparkling water okay, in the fridge right now. Okay, we have sparkling water in the fridge, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm imagining we have sparkling water in the fridge, and I'm going to be making a sparkling sangria teapop. What is a teapop? Yeah, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, what is a teapop? A teapop is a sparkling iced tea. So you just put four times the amount of tea you would normally use, top it with... Sparkling water. Okay, so it's a bubbly, bubbly it's like tea. a soda, fizzy tea with yeah. no sugar. Yeah. That's great. It's kind of on the nose. It's so on the nose and perfect that I almost have no response to that. Because you're going for a mocktail. Exactly. You go, you, you're still at work. You have to wrap your brain around the fact that you may not have to come back here again. Because <laughs> you just won the lottery. It's my last tea of my it's life. It's your last tea of your life. No. We know you. You're going to be in next day at 9 a.m. bright yeah. and early. That is just who Sinea is. But uh, you're going to celebrate with a mocktail. And sparkling sangria is a pretty on-the-nose mocktail. I mean, it tastes right. like sangria. I mean, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think that. it's a good answer, I would say. I, this is a quiz where uh, there are no points and there are no winners and losers. But well, I, I win. Say you I won. Win. Exactly. <laughs> well done, Sinea. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for playing What Are You Drinking? Thank you so much for unpacking the most underrated teas of 2021. I can't wait to have you be a guest again. Will you say yes already to being a guest later on? Oh, yes, for sure. I have so many more questions for you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's listening today. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions for the What Are You Drinking game, you can always reach us at steeping.together at davidstea.com or you can reach us through our website at davidstea.com. Happy steeping, everyone, and have a good week. Have a good week.